Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio using the supreme law of the land, including the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. Yes, indeed, the Constitution, folks, it is the supreme law. And when bureaucrats want you to believe that their mandates, their edicts, their belligerent attempts to circumvent the supreme law of the land conflict with or undermine, they're literally violating their oaths of office, ladies and gentlemen. We need to call a halt to their con game and stand for the supreme law of our land, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a lot of work to do, I'll tell you that right now. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, yesterday I had on Chris Carlson with me, doing a great job. He says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. Remember, the battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Amen. To Chris Carlson's wise point on that, we need to obey God's laws uh, and do our very best to do what he asks us to do. When we do that, he will bless us. When we don't, we lose those wonderful blessings from the author of Liberty, the creator of all, right? Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. How many people have the guts to promote God, family, and country? You know, it's interesting. The mainstream press doesn't want you to talk about God. Glenn Beck learned this for himself years after I learned it, which is, you know what? They will make you a rock star if you have any talent. Only if you quit talking about God, though, you see. I'll never quit talking about God Almighty. In fact, I have no business being on the radio if I don't acknowledge God. Very interesting, right? All right, we talked about a Georgia grand jury yesterday. Recommended indictments against multiple people, they say, on various charges after concluding its eighth-month investigation into what they call election fraud, they say involving Donald Trump, the panel's four-person, or leader, if you will, enemy, or I'm sorry, Emily Coase, I think is how you say her name, K-O-H-R-S, Coors, declined to name any of those who were referred for charges, including whether Trump was among them or not. Now, what's interesting to me about this girl uh, is she really, in my opinion, has no business speaking out at all. They say the special grand jury, part of the investigation into whether Trump interfered in the 2020 presidential election, has published part of its report, and the report, they say, determined that there was no widespread fraud in the 2020 election and encouraged the prosecution of witnesses who are suspected of perjury. All right, but here's the problem that I have with the whole discussion. Think about this for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Think about this for a minute. They're willing to double down on one hand and say there's no widespread fraud in the election. Wow, Donald said there was widespread fraud. True the vote, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips, along with the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, 
Richard Mack, Sam Bushman, many others were convinced there's election integrity problems and fraud as well. But they come back and they say no fraud. And then what happens is those who want to protect Trump go, wow, that's good. No, no fraud. But what they're doing is they're literally undermining the very fraud points Donald made. So on one hand, they say there's no fraud. On the other hand, there's people who have perjured themselves now. That could be Donald, could be anybody. Now, this, pardon the pun, I'm going to be rude about this. This bimbo gets on the TV and smiles and laughs and tries to pretend she's cute and sexy and whatever and that she knows all about the Donald deal and that she knows what's coming down and that she's got all the information and that, you know, she's playing coy with the news people. Now, in my opinion, these news people should not even be interviewing this bimbo. Why do I call her a bimbo? Because she's not trying to really help the cause. In fact, if she's not very careful, she'll poison the well regarding the whole investigation. But maybe that's exactly what they want, the well poisoned on the investigation. Maybe this is just flat-out political theater. Maybe Donald knows he's not going to jail or going anywhere. Maybe he realizes that the deep state needs to do this to keep Donald in the media. Think about that. I don't know, but why do this? Why keep Donald in the news over and over and over and over? Think about the uh, documents that were classified that do- about Donald and then about Joe. And now neither of them are in the news, and there's no prosecutions or accountability for anybody. But it kept them both in the news, right? Kept them high in the ratings, kept them on the tops of the minds of all Americans. Well, now this lady comes out, and she acts like she really has all the goods on everybody, but... Well, she'll tease the audience. She'll come on the newsmaker shows and talk and talk, but not really say anything. All right? Oh, there's no real plot twist, I don't think. <laughs> and she laughs and smiles and bats her eyes. And wow, the Donald, he really said that? Ooh. Uh, but in the end of the day, we don't know anything more than we know. We know they had an eight-month-long investigation. We know they're claiming no election fraud. How convenient. They love to say no election fraud any chance they get. But then they want to say there's indictments for people who tried to interfere with the election. So no widespread fraud, but indicted people by possibly dozens, she says. A surprising number of people. Mm, we interviewed, you know, 50 people or whatever. And Man, there's a lot of indictments possibly coming down. And, but yet the judge didn't say any details. When do we get to learn the truth? When do we get the real deal on the investigation? How much of it will we, the people, really know? See, why are we letting the mainstream press be in the middle of all this with this bimbo lady babbling at the mouth, possibly poisoning the well on the investigation? What's the advantage to any of this? And the answer is there's no advantage at all unless you want to keep Donald Trump's name in the media. There's no advantage to this unless you want to play political theater here. Uh, You might let a, a few people get hung not literally, but virtually over this. Man, you committed perjury. You're going to jail or you're, you're going to have this fine or you're going to have this sentence or you're going to have this whatever. But do you guys think Donald's going to prison over this? Some people think absolutely yes. I'm one of the people that don't think so. Donald's done too well for them at the deep state level. Look, Donald had a lot of in-your-face stuff, and he did a lot of things the big boys don't like. But in the end of the day, nothing Donald did really stuck. Nothing Donald did really change the direction of the country at all. In fact, it made it worse. He divided the nation big time. Barack Obama was a great divider. Donald Trump just carried forward that divisionary reality beyond what Barack could even do. He attacked the media, which is fine. 
That's great for ratings. Just attack us, but keep our name in the news. CNN, Fox. Now go ahead and have Kevin McCarthy, a deep stater as well, hand to Tucker Carlson there, the main Fox guy, all the 41, what, 100 hours, thousands of hours, who even knows how many hours now of media we're talking about, right? Right? We were told it was 13,000 hours. Now we're told it's like 41,000 hours or whatever. Okay, we're just, it's just insane. And you look at this, and what's the advantage to all this? Nothing but keeping Trump's name in the news. Trump said that he's warming to the idea that he's going to be pushing for mail-in balloting and early voting because Republicans have to play the game, he says. So we have to get fraudulent like everybody else. Of course, there was no fraud in the 2020 election, says the new jury, that's now got possible indictments against who knows who. Trump said that he's now embracing vote by mail. And, listen, more early voting campaigns for the 2024 contest. Wow. I just find this a shame and a half. Now, conservative author and businessman Vivek, I don't even know how to say this guy's last name, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy, whatever, He's running for president in the 2024 race, so Donald's not even battling him. After trying sexism, liberals now deploy racism against Nikki Haley. Nikki's not even her first real name, is it? Who is this lady? Who are all these people that somehow, you know, their parents come as immigrants, and a generation later they're like rock stars at the top of the ticket? Look at Ted Cruz. Look at Marco Rubio. Look at Nikki Haley. Look at... This guy, I can't even pronounce his name now. Look at all these people. Wow, Barack Obama. They just come out of nowhere. Instantly, they're a rock star. Plenty of money, incredible career. Rock stars from the cradle almost. But man, for lowly immigrants, that's really surprising. How does all this happen? Well, Lauren Boebert gets on the congressional floor, quizzing down a executive from Twitter, says, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, she explodes because they shadow banned her. But Rand Paul, Big Tech censored me. Yeah, the Big Tech overlords at Google are at it again. Why are you surprised, Lauren? Are you surprised, Rand? The government's been doing this for decades, folks. Go look at Operation Mockingbird back in the day if you don't believe me. This is nothing new. Go look at our election fraud history video on CSPOA.org and watch it. And hey, the rascals have been tampering with and trashing elections and playing games in the media for a long, long, long time. Georgia Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted, the country needs a national divorce between red states and blue states. Yeah, we need to shrink the federal government. Well, I agree with the shrink the federal government part. But shame on the red state, blue state disaster. What do you think it's going to be, a secede from the union? Yeah, like that really worked well last time, huh? Intolerance towards Christianity, Christianity abuse and prosecution and persecution is escalating. So is hostility to churches, says Tony Perkins. Quick pause. We've got more. We'll talk about it in seconds on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, 
breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast. And that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk, always at your fingertips. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Kelly Finnegan, RussQuinnGift.com. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Good to be here, Sam. There's so much to cover, so little time to cover it. I got a little bit of good news to celebrate before we get to the uh, Honest Money Report. A revival, they say, has broken out at a Christian college. It's called Asbury University. It's in Wilmore, Kentucky. And I guess what started out as a scheduled prayer meeting has now extended for more than a week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Decision Magazine explains that it has grown to be around an around-the-clock prayer vigil with testimonials, scripture readings, and praise and worship of Jesus Christ by hundreds of college students faculty, staff, community members, and believe it or not, out-of-towners are joining them. That's incredible, Kelly. What do you say to that? Wow, that's great to see so many people get together on things like this. You know, that's, that's what's needed. I mean, imagine people just getting together and saying, hey, let's work together, let's have solutions, let's, let's you know, pray, let's just, you know, no division, let's just talk about, you know, God and you know, we, that's what really fueled the American Revolution in the first place. Not that I'm calling for revolution, but I'm saying, you know what? That understanding of God's in charge mentality was the key to success, Kelly. Uh-oh. All right, we'll try to get Kelly back. Brian, you there? All right. I'm well, here. Kelly with me? I'm here. I just, okay, yeah. yeah so what, what do you say to that, though? That's the key to success, right? Yeah, we got to go back to what started everything. You know, that's what the key is. 
and 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 so yeah, it's this is just a you know a one big revolution we're coming back around to where we started. Wow, there you have it. All right, I find that fascinating. It's kind of an interesting uh, story that we talked about a little bit yesterday too. Now, twenty-four state attorneys general filed a lawsuit against the Joe Biden's Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, I guess because of the, uh, they call it the New Waters of the United States Lotus Rule, which redefines what waters are, quote, federally protected and subject to regulation under the Clean Water Act. Now, nearly 150 members of Congress also introduced a resolution against the new Biden EPA rule. What do you say to this, Kelly? Well, it's funny. You know, the EPA, the EPA was created by Richard Nixon as a executive order. And now here's somebody, they don't want to follow it because now we're concerned about the, not the environment anymore, but the uh, climate so they, they just got to do something to make them in charge and say something like, oh, I, I did this. I did this. Not this other guy. And they, they got to make more problems so that they can solve them. While we're debating internally about who gets credit for what, see, to me, what you ought to do is just nullify now. We ought to just say, listen, federal government, you don't have any authority over all the states. And you don't have authority over the waterways or the waters, the navigable waters in those states either. There's no constitutional provision for that anywhere, Kelly. No, the, the well, international waters, yes. But waters within states, no, the government has no, no authority over those. Yeah, what we're talking about is fresh water in the United States within the several states. We're not talking about the oceans or anything like that. Yeah, those are the those are under the jurisdiction of the state. Those not under the jurisdiction of the government. And international waters aren't controlled by the federal government either. When you think about the term international, that's not really United States control either. No, so we no, have some true. some waters that are that are on our shorelines that might be uh, considered general government level discussions. Uh, but beyond that, international waters, there's a lot of whole discussions surrounding who controls what, where, when for those, right? Right. And like you're talking the Ohio River, the Mississippi exactly. River, that, that's government because that goes between states. But anything within a state, the government has no authority over that. Well, and even the waters that goes between the several states, though, there's there's uh, negotiations between the states that can work out. But I don't see where the general government has authority to control that unless you want to call it the Commerce Clause and say that somehow it relates to commerce. I mean, you might back into it in some strange ways. What we need to be very careful of in our understanding, though, is giving the federal government too much control to do too many things. And pretty soon they think they have supremacy over everything, which clearly, according to the founding fathers, they do not, Kelly. Correct. You're exactly right on, Sam. Meanwhile, speaking of international discussions, Russia deploys nuclear-armed ships. China nears red line on arming Russia. Epic TV has this piece, and what I find fascinating is we're claiming that Russia is getting too close to the line of arming. I'm sorry, China is getting too close to the line of arming Russia, but we've already crossed the line of arming the Ukraine, Kelly. How is we? How do we say we have the authority and ability to pick sides, but they don't? We don't. It's just oh, somebody trying to say we do. 
it's 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 such a joke how they do this, and people don't know, and they just go, yeah, they just think of you know they they let their emotions get in the way of logic. Yeah, we got to help these people. They're an ally. Not really, you know. I mean, Ukraine's really a pretty modern thing. So it's, well, how is it more of an ally than Russia? It isn't. I mean, exactly. They're they're both really. Ukraine never really cared about us except for the Bidens. The Bidens care about Ukraine. Yes, there was they a lot do. of money that came out of there, but that's about it. Well, and I wonder how do we determine that Ukraine's right, Russia's wrong, or one's better than the other, or one deserves defense, the other does not, or one's the aggressor, the other's not. And they've been battling for years, Kelly. This is new to the Americans, maybe, and new to us driving a wedge yeah. and, and backing one side. But this isn't new to their to their countries. This is a, a centuries-old long battle, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's just an ethnic thing because. You know, in, in the 1850s, when Britain was at war with Russia, it was all over the Crimea. The Crimea was part of Russia at that time, you know. So what Vladimir is saying isn't, isn't false, you know. It's just this new country popped up. And I guess you need to, you know, help them grow, but uh, we, we need why, to really Why do we got to help them grow? We, we don't. Well, I, I, we, gotta, we have to allow them. We can do trade with them. Sure. But we don't have to make sure there's winners. Well, just like that's what uh, France and, and the Netherlands said with the United States when we broke off from Great Britain. We don't need to help you. That's your deal with Britain. Luckily, yeah, France and, did something about it. And it's important to understand we can trade with them if they want to trade on fair terms, not free terms, but fair terms. We can trade with anybody. Sure, sure. As long as Russia understands that. You know, and, and when they're trying to go in and, and take it back over, I mean, then it harkens back to that whole Taiwan thing, you know, that Taiwan was never really a part of China, um, communist China. Um, and that's the, the deal. Now you got a different government in China. Taiwan was never part of the CCP. Well, and you got to understand, too, that, you know, what what's going to stop the aggression? China already basically, what, backed out and took over uh uh, Hong Kong, for a long time, they were kind of had a deal going that protected them, and then that got expired, and China went ballistic on Hong Kong, and now it's a whole different world, and now we're going to be looking at Taiwan next. What's next for these people? Whether it's Russia aggression or China aggression, we can't deal with the aggression of everybody in the world. Who do we think we are? I mean, there was the whole deal with the Falkland Islands going on with Argentina, and I was in Venezuela at the time, and Venezuela backed Argentina and the U.S. backed Britain, so I became an instant enemy, and Venezuela figured that if Argentina could get back the Falklands, they could get back British Guiana because it was taken from them the same way. So everybody, yeah, there, there's no, it's like stamping out a bunch of little fires. I think that we follow the George Washington-esque in yesteryear mentality, the greatest general to ever live, in my humble opinion along with the Ron Paul-esque modern-day humble foreign policy that says, look, let's just not get involved. Let's just stay the heck out of it. Let's make sure we got an incredible national defense for the protection of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Let's protect our economic interests around the world. And let's have a humble foreign policy other than that and say, you know, y'all got to work that out. We don't want these aggressions. We don't like them. We think they're heinous and evil. We can use our influence and our, um, you know, teaching about peace and solutions and providing guidance 
but other than that, the more we do, we just drag ourselves into. Are we going to end up with a third world war uh, over this? Now you got China and Russia literally flexing their muscle. Uh, Russia kind of over Alaska, etc. China with spy balloons everywhere. Are we headed towards World War Three? We come back, we'll talk about that. Then we'll get to the Honest Money Report with Kelly Finnegan. We're talking about RussCoinandGift.com. You've got a friend in the honest money business. Hang tight. More in seconds on your favorite news the networks refuse to use radio station. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. A major winter storm is tracking from the plains to the Great Lakes and northeast. Heavy snow and blizzard conditions are likely in parts of the northern plains and upper Midwest. Frank Pereira with the National Weather Service. This has the potential to bring some significant snows to parts of even Southern California that don't typically see snow. An Orlando television reporter was among the dead and a nine-year-old child in a shooting spree in Florida that killed three on Wednesday. Police are reporting 19-year-old Keith Moses has been arrested and charged with murder in connection. Orange County Sheriff John Mina. Deputies located two men who had been shot uh, in or near a vehicle. They are a News 13 reporter and photographer who were on the scene to cover the homicide from this morning. On Harrington Street, a woman and her nine-year-old girl were also shot inside of a home. It is unclear why the suspect entered that home. Rescuers are digging through tons of earth and rubble for 48 people missing after a landslide buried an open-pit coal mine in northern China today. Conditions in the area remain dangerous, and the search had to be suspended for several hours after a second landslide in Mongolia's Alksa League. Stocks are gaining momentum this morning after a Fed memo yesterday indicated most favor a smaller rate increase in the middle of March. The crescent moon is going to have some company tonight up in the sky. Just after sunset, the moon lines up with two of the brightest planets in the night sky, Venus and Jupiter. No special equipment is required to see the cosmic objects, as they are bright enough to see without a telescope or binoculars. Week two of the XFL Football League starts tonight. The St. Louis Battlehawks play at the Seattle Sea Dragons. Kickoff is at 9 p.m. Eastern on the FX channel. This is USA News. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firms online at CordellCordell.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Online at CordellCordell.com. CordellCordell.com. Do you have a story to tell? Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network handles everything. If you have a print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, call Audiobook Network now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-734-1229. 800-734-1229.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly Finnegan with me. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. RustQuinnegan.com. Before we get to the Honest Bunny Report, though, look, are they pushing for World War III? It seems like everything we're doing seems to escalate the possibility of or the likelihood of war. I saw an email that somebody sent me. It's like one second to midnight, you know, as they talk about the war clock, if you will, or kind of the destruction clock or the end of the world clock or whatever term you want to use for this. Um, they say we're marching towards midnight rapidly. Um, and when the clock strikes midnight, boy, howdy. Um, I don't know what's happening here, but I know this. Russia and China seem to be getting more aggressive, and so do we. At some point, that'll end up in a flashpoint. Unless somebody decides to back down and be the off or peace offering, olive branch kind of a, a country, uh, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, we're already in World War Three. It's just all the cyber stuff going behind the scenes and everything. So it, it, it looks, you know, we're not boots on the ground stuff but there's there's tensions there that have been going on for years and uh this war is different now than it used to be sad but true we can be peacefully at home pretending there's not a war but we can be funding fueling training arming and doing everything uh you know even reconnaissance on the ground in support but we don't declare it as a war we don't call it a war but we're in a war and that's really uh, the uh, people around the world are getting sick of the blowback or they're getting sick of what we're doing and they're starting to uh, demand and push for blowback. And that's sadly what we're seeing. The question is, when will it bleed into the United States, into our peaceful lives? Uh, I don't know. Time will tell, but it's a coming. I pray that it doesn't, but predict it will. It's coming quickly. Uh, sad to say. All right. What's the honest money report? Where's gold looking at? Let me see here. So, oops, sorry, I've got to get back on that. So right now, silver or gold's at twelve or eighteen twenty three forty. So it's All right, down. Eight, hold on, twenty three forty. So, yeah, eight one thousand eight hundred and twenty three forty. And forty cents. Got it. So it's down. It's been down the last couple of weeks. It's been slowly going down. Yeah, silver, time to buy gold, huh? Oh, yeah, and there's people realizing that. It's a good time to buy. Uh, okay. Silver, 2157 So it's kind of been bouncing around that $22 range there. Not a lot of change. Not, platinum not changing a whole lot. No, Go ahead. Platinum, 961 That doesn't change much either, has it? No, not really. And then rhodium down to 11700 Showing down Man. 300 for the day. I don't know how long ago it was, maybe a year ago. I'm just guessing at time. But, man, I remember rodeo, rodeo was like 20,000-something or whatever. It's almost half now. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, quite easily. telling, Kelly. Yeah, that's telling you that uh, that business isn't needed in as much. So that kind of shows you that uh, economically things have slowed down. What do you think is going to happen? Are we going to have an, uh, a massive inflation or an economic problem in 2023? Some say in 2023 it's going to be the Jubilee. Others say, hey, we're going to have a, a replacement of the dollar. Others say we're going to have a market crash. I mean, there's all kinds of doom and gloom predictions. Uh, what do you think it's going to happen, Kelly? I know it's a little bit of tea leaves, but at the same time, you know, people are trying to figure out what does the landscape look like? Well, the government tells us now that they just avoided a recession, that now that's totally off the table. It's not going to happen. 
realistically, we're already in a recession, and it's going to get worse, and they're going to keep tightening. They're, you know, a lot of uh, the governors said they should have gone half a point instead of a quarter of a point. So uh, they they still don't get it. You know, they're they're looking in the rearview mirror to see where they should go. And, uh, yeah, things are just going to get worse. Gold and silver are going down, and it's like that's the time to buy. Credit Swiss, which is one of the most stable banks in the world, opened in 1856, is going into bankruptcy right now. And that tells you something when a Swiss bank's having problems. I don't know really what to think about this because I, you might have some turmoil in the markets, but I'm not convinced we're ready for an, a meltdown like people say in 2023. People are predicting nuclear war. People are predicting the economy just melts down. Society won't even be close to the same as it once was. There's no looking back. Some are calling it a, a financial reset. So I mean, there's so much out there. I, I'm afraid most of it is bluster without facts, Kelly. I'm not saying this can never happen. But I am saying I just don't know that the timing's right yet. Whenever they predict that, they get proven wrong and look foolish. Yeah, but, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And so if they can instill fear in people, then then people will buy into their newsletters or buy their newspapers or whatever. And so, yeah, things are bad. I mean, it's good always to be prepared for the worst. But it's not like, you know, this is going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but but we're obviously set up for it to, to happen within the next few years and when i say few uh before the end of the this uh this decade i don't know where we go here with this individually kelly but i think prudent planning is always wise it always has been and it still is You think there's a way out of it for us? Um, well, I think I think we just have to learn to deal with the hand we've been dealt. And so, you know, the best you can do is prepare. You know, have lots of skills, and uh, and and not not you know be so overwhelmed by what's going on that you just freeze, you know, and want to put your head in the sand um, or seek alternative methods of not a paying attention to it, whether that be you know, watching your favorite sitcom or sports or or just, you know, listening to comedy records or whatever. But, uh, you, you know, if you're prepared, like they said, the Lord says, if, you, if you're prepared, you will not fear. So just get prepared and then know that you're ready. All right. I don't, I don't really know what to think about all the uh, commentary out there, folks. My personal opinion is this. Most of it is bogus. Most of it is is the sky is falling. Um, the problem is we don't have timing, okay? And to put timing on things is, in my opinion, a very, very sketchy business. It reminds me of these religious leaders that always predict the end of the world's coming on a certain day, and then after that, they're like, well, it's still coming. Well, they're right, but, you know, to give timing is very concerning. This idea that they're going to take down the economy, I've heard it literally. I've been on the radio for more than 26 years, and I've heard this every year. Hey, now is the last election cycle we're ever going to have, man. If we don't get something done now, curtains for us. and Or the economy, oh, it's going to melt down. And Yes, there's been booms and busts, but I don't see them pulling the rug out from under the economy yet. Not yet at all. I see them holding up the economy, if anything. And if the economy starts to take too bad, they'll pump in some stimulus. They'll do whatever they can uh, to keep it rolling. Will they eventually pull a reset? Eventually, they're going to be forced to do something. 
But I don't know that I believe it's in 2023, and I don't know that I believe it's going to be a meltdown year. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not saying things cannot happen, but I'm not one of the guys that want to predict that and get egg all over my face if it doesn't happen. If it does happen, though, my opinion is, as it always has been, get a little bit of beans, a little bit of bullets, a little bit of band-aids, a little bit of gold, a little bit of silver, a little bit of medical supplies, a little bit of everything for your provident living and your preparedness, and just steadily work on that. And you know what? If you do that every day, you're going to be a little better off than you were the day before. If you work on that, you're not in panic mode. You're not in go-to-debt mode to get it done. You're not in fear mode. You're in faith and preparedness mode because you realize that, hey, something could happen. But remember, don't get too cozy in your house with all your possessions because you might be forced to leave. Or don't get too cozy in having your travel bag because you might be forced to stay. We cannot prepare, prepare for every eventuality. What we can do is pray hard and then do our best a little bit at a time in faith mode rather than panic mode. Kelly. Yeah. And when, you know, when you prepare a little at a time, then, then you'll, you'll feel better about things. You won't be as anxious. So yeah, just do a little bit. And, you know, I tell people with gold and silver, you know, it's the only insurance policy I know of that if you don't use it, you still have it and you can collect that money. You know, if you have fire insurance on your house and you don't have a fire, they don't say, hey, you know what, here's a big fat check because you never used your fire insurance. They don't do that. But if you have gold and silver and you don't need it for whatever reason, you still have it. And if you don't need it, you can pass it on to your you know, next generation and let them know this isn't just so you can go out and buy a new car. This is so that you're prepared and you can build on this and make sure that we carry this wealth on in the family. Well, and if you never get value evaluations of it or whatever else, you can pass it to children and kids that is not really even part of the discussion either, right? Oh, yeah, but but it's always good to let them know about it because I just see so many. No, I think let your yeah, family know about it. I'm just saying it's not part of any estate if you're wise. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. You know, my, I lost all of mine in, in a boating accident, you know. You lost all your gold and silver in a boating accident. Where do yeah, I, go, uh, I, I where do I learn boat. to scuba dive, sir? And it's yeah, it's really it's it's. I think it's in the ocean. I can't remember exactly where it happened. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable, <laughs> Liberty Roundtable Live. RustQuinnandGift.com. Sam and Kelly back in seconds on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. 
Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family, we the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. All right, one of the things making the economy so iffy, making societal decisions so questionable, making concerns so relevant, is the way that we're behaving. For example, look, why are they still promoting Donald Trump in the news? If he's about to be indicted, as they clown show want you to believe, then why are they promoting him? So listen to this. At the top of the hour news, they started talking about Pete whatever that guy's name is, Buttigieg, Judge, or Buttigieg, whatever. Uh, and they talked about the big train spill. And then all of a sudden they go, Trump was there. And then they have a big old soundbite from Trump. Now, no offense if he's a disgraced former president, guilty of uh, election fraud claims that aren't true, and guilty of this and that, and irrelevant and yesteryear. And, and why would they play a soundbite from Donald? Here it is. Several weeks after the toxic train derailment, Transportation Secretary Buttigieg visiting East Palestine, Ohio this morning. Former President Trump was there yesterday. Biden and FEMA said they would not send federal aid to East Palestine under any circumstance. They're not going to send aid. I thought that was a strange statement because I've been working with FEMA for a long time, four years, and they were great with us. And Okay, wait a minute. We started talking about Pete, and then all of a sudden we went to the former pre- when was the When do they do that? Okay, for some reason they want to keep Trump in the news, Kelly. Well, Trump sells papers and sells what eyes on TV. You know, you got to keep bringing up, you know, got to talk about the devil. He's either a saint or he's a devil, but you got to keep talking about him. It gets what relevance? What relevance does he even bring there, first of all? And number two, what is a Republican, when a Democrat says we're not going to give aid to this, and a Republican saying, no, we need to send aid? Now the Republicans playing the part of the socialist, and the, Dem- the Democrats playing the part of we're not sending money. <laughs> what the heck is going on, sir? Well, he, he's just showing that the uh, Democrats don't really care about the people in the United States. You know, and, and so this is kind of virtue signaling, like, hey, you know, the Secretary of Transportation, this happened like three weeks ago, and and he hasn't been there. But I've been there, and, and it didn't make Kamala went to the border. Donald Trump went to the border. It made Kamala go to the border. So he's just playing on, hey, if you guys aren't going to do it, I'll do it, and I'll get clicks. 
Wow. There you have it. The Democrats don't care about the people, but the Republican then doubles down in socialism, saying, hey, we the people nationally have to pay for what happened in a local jurisdiction. What about the railroad who had the mishap, uh, you know, taking care of business and covering the cost uh, for a lot of that kind of stuff or whatever? Whatever happened to personal business and corporate responsibility there, Kelly? Well, finally, um, the railroad there has said, yeah, we'll, we'll step up. I can't remember what it's called. It's uh, not Burlington Southern, but I, don't, uh, I forget what it's called. Oh, Norfolk Southern. They've come out now and said, oh, yeah, 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 we're going to take care of this. They finally got enough, you know, the publicity's gotten bad enough. They finally have to do something. They weren't going to do anything until we got this bad. Right, but I'm for the railroad dealing with it. I'm not for the the nation being forced to pay for it. People start planting flowers in potholes, and then it's like, oh, we better fix that pothole. People are noticing it. Amen to that. that. that's That's the whole deal with it. All right, this is a story that came out some time ago, but I want to bring it up because I think it's so relevant right now that it's not even funny. Here's the headline. We lied, we cheated, and we stole. Mike Pompeo, former CIA director, offers honest, if not disturbing, a mission about CIA activity. Do you want to respond to this, Kelly? Well, if anybody who thinks the CIA is a wonderful organization that's out there to promote peace for the United States has got another thing coming. I mean, their whole job is to spy. And And, you know, every country does that. And it's like, why do you need to admit this, that you've been doing this? You know, people who really know, know that you guys have been doing this. This isn't something new to come out, you know, a a revelation. So why are you even telling us this? Um, There's got to be a political agenda to it. I'm convinced there's a political agenda to it. But what I don't understand is if this is really true, if you lied, cheated, and stole, uh, why don't we shut down the CAA for criminal activity and start putting people in the clink? Well, the, the same reason that Donald Trump says to go to mail-in ballot. Well, everybody else is doing it, so so we need to do it too if we want to stay on top of things. So it's all this, you know, the the lowest common denominator is like, well, if, if I don't do it, somebody else will. You know, if somebody if I don't sell drugs. Somebody else will sell drugs. So it might as well be somebody nice like me. And, and uh, that's That logic deal. is psychotic. It is, but it doesn't stop it from being used. I think what we need to do is prosecute to the fullest extent of the law, Mike Pompeo and others. And if he led the charge of lying, cheating, and stealing, then he's a criminal in every way. When is lying, cheating, and stealing not criminal activity? If it is criminal activity, where's the prosecution? My my brother-in-law always used to say, and the more I think about it, the more I think he was right, behind every fortune there's a felony. Um, Maybe you didn't get caught, but you did something illegal to get that fortune. Um, And and, uh, the more I see that like this, this that's that's what happens. Behind every fortune, there's a felony. And that's interesting because a lot of the fortunes may not be illegal 
but they may be unlawful. And what I mean by that is they might have ways to legally, for example, look at the gambling houses that you, you know, that, that tie to this. The gambling houses make all kinds of fortunes on, well, it's not really illegal because they legalized it. But it's unlawful. It's immoral. It's wrong. It's, there's a crime committed without a doubt, right? Well, Joseph Kennedy made all of his money bootlegging liquor across the, the Great Lakes, you know, Lake Ontario from Canada. And uh, uh, FDR's grandpa, Delano, made all his money selling opium, you know. It was, well, the people want it, you know, and this is a stupid law. It's not illegal in Canada or what, you know. And so the, the, behind those fortunes that help politically for their, you know, children and grandchildren, there was money that was ill-gotten. Behind every fortune, there is a crime. There's no doubt about it, folks, uh, that this, you know, is kind of a reality thing. We lied, we cheated, we stole, says Mike Pompeo. And there's zero. Uh, there's a few people that raise some eyebrows, but there's zero effort to do anything to stop it, to rein it in. There's zero effort to really do anything about it at all. That's what's shocking in America. And if we allow this to continue, what will our nation become is kind of the real question, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, we, you know, we want to, USA wants to be number one. So it's kind of like by hook or by crook, you know, whatever it takes to get there. And people are just buying into that, you know, it's. It's very sad. Uh, George Washington and you know John Adams and even Thomas Jefferson would be appalled at what's going on right now. Yes, indeed. It's hard to know uh, how we should handle it, folks. It's It's got so bad, or it's become so bad, I should say, that the only thing I think we can really focus on right at this point is taking care of ourselves, preparing for the trouble. You look at the earthquake, earthquakes in the Middle East. Earthquakes strike Middle East, leave thousands dead was the headline from a couple of weeks ago. We're still suffering from this. We're still um, having the number of dead increase. Now, I pray it doesn't happen to us, but it's not a really matter of if, it's a matter of when, Kelly. Oh, exactly. I mean, if you don't believe that, go look what they're doing at the Salt Lake LDS Temple. I mean, they're getting a re- getting a ready for a, like a an eight or a nine earthquake and they their plan is to have that finished by 2025. And so it's telling you right there, it's not if it's when. Wow. There you have it folks. It's hard to know really what we should be focused on, but remember you can't solve all these problems. You can also prevent yourself though, from getting caught in the trap. And the way you do that is you prepare a little bit at a time. All right? You work every day to better your situation. It's called provident living, folks. And I believe that honest money should be part of that provident living plan that you have. A little bit of gold, a little bit of silver. doesn't take a lot. Just a little bit at a time. Before you know it, you look back over the years and you have quite a lot. Now, you can have a boat accident and lose all your wealth, like Kelly. Uh, and then, you know, you'll be in good shape because it's all slippery there. I'm starting. I'm uh, starting over. I'm starting yeah. over. Got to do it. Got to do something, right? There you have it. Yeah. But remember, folks, that it can be done a little bit at a time. And it's your wealth solutions. 
opportunity that we're talking about here. And what you need is a we don't need a lie, a cheat, a steal kind of a partner. That's Mike Pompeo and your government, okay? What you need is an honest person. Remember, this is the Honest Money Report on Liberty Roundtable Live. So you need Kelly Finnegan and Brian Rust. Over the past 50-plus years, Rust Coin has been working to educate Americans and customers about precious metals, how to handle it, what to buy, what to do, when to, you know what, get more, when to be patient, etc. Rustcoinandgift.com is their website. And I'm telling you right now, I do believe that they're honest in the business. And that's one of the most important things, whether you're dealing with a car mechanic, whether you're dealing with somebody in the coin business or the jewelry business, or whatever, you've got to find honest patriots to work with. When you do, uh, then you know what? You have a clear path for protection, for stability, for solutions, for preparedness. Um, and you know what? All that does in my mind is bring a calm, bring a stability uh, to your finances, to your family, um, to your heart. Uh, this is really important. I don't mean to oversell this thing, uh, Kelly, but I do think this is really important to understand. You get a sense of peace when you do these things. Well, I have a doctor that we've been going to for 15 years plus, and he's in South Ogden, and I live in, in southern Utah County, and he's worth the drive. We keep him. Find something good and hang on to it. All right, folks, a lot of times they talk about the keys to the game, right? In a football game or, you know, and Kirk Crosby, my co-host, always says, hey, uh, the key to the game that I have is you got to score more points than the other guys. And I think that's brilliant counsel. If you do that, you win every time. Uh, I think the keys to the game here, though, are to find good, reliable people. And as Kelly says, you know what? Develop friendships for life. Develop stable people that surround you and that you can surround that can bring calm and stability and faith and hope for everyone. Kelly, thank you so much for your time, sir. You bet. Thank you, Sam. Kelly Finnegan, ladies and gentlemen, doing a phenomenal job by trade. He's a chemist. He's also, in my opinion, an incredible thinker. And he brings solutions to the table in the great think tank called Liberty Roundtable Live. And he does so in partnership with myself and RustCoinandGift.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we believe in America. Okay? We don't believe that other countries are horrible. We just believe that America is great. And we believe that the principles that America has embraced can make all countries great. Do you want to help us do just that? LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally, would you please? God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for February the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is our two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, 
to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers and the supreme law of our land, the Constitution of the United States of America, as our guide. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Wow, riveting hour, last hour with Kelly Finnegan, RussCoinandGift.com. We talked about the Honest Money Report, constitutional currency, gold and silver. We talked about we lied, we cheated, we stole. Yeah, that's what Mike Pompeo says. He was former leader of the CIA. Where's the criminal prosecutions, I would ask. We also talked about behind every great fortune, there is a crime. Wow, incredible hour. It'll be up in podcast or archive form uh, a little bit after the show today. Now, this hour, we have a couple of incredible guests. First one is a lady by the name of Sherry Sapir, and she's a mother. She's a business owner. She's a problem solver. Her website, sapiraz.com. That's S-A-P-I-R, S-A-P-I-R, then A-Z for Arizona, sapiraz.com. Uh, she was a candidate, ladies and gentlemen, for the Arizona um, Superintendent of Schools. Uh, she was Carrie Lake's pick, if you will, an advisor for the Campaign for School Programs. Now, she's got an interesting resume that I want to dig into a little bit at first. Um, she's a successful, successful real estate broker, property manager, general contractor, and interior designer. Well, she also served in the Israeli military, ladies and gentlemen. She was assisting bereaved family members with logistical, financial, and emotional needs. You know what? She was the one negotiating, bringing the soldiers' remains back home, folks. And so, you know what? She helped people at the lowest point of their lives. And, wow, education seems to be at an all-time low, too. And she wants to help those folks. Cherie, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Tell me about you personally, though, a little bit. I've got a lot of your credentials here, but uh, tell me who you were growing up and a, a little bit about your life. Huh. Um, well, I grew up in Israel uh, with the American dream uh, sewed in my, in my heart uh, since a very young age. Always looked up to this country, thinking it's the best place on earth, which I am convinced it is, although they're really trying to sabotage that. And they're almost successful. Um, you know, I had a, a, a pretty nice childhood. Everything, you know, was kind of great going, growing up, um, thinking about the days that our children are going and the experiences that our children are going through right now. We had really great childhoods. We were free. We were happy. We were running around the street. Uh, there was no worry, even though I was in Israel and there was always the fear of terrorism. Uh, there was a sense of freedom and innocence. Uh, that I'm really grateful for now. Maybe I didn't know that as much when I was younger, but I know it now. Um, being, you know, part of the military is just what you have to do as an Israeli citizen. And that was a great experience as well, though it was, uh, you know, you're 18, you're very young. Uh, it's a very emotionally loaded experience for a lot of people. But I think it, it creates a lot of great characteristics in, in a young adult, uh, such as responsibility and and being part of a team and understanding authority um, and, and, and the like. So, so that was a great experience. And, you know, the path that I am on right now, fast forward 20 years, I mean, the, the last 20 years, I just did what the American dream calls for, right? Working hard, 
making money, succeeding, um, uh, building a successful company, traveling the world, having a family, three children, a husband. So everything was, I thought was fine until a few years ago when we realized this country um, was going to hell. And that's when I started waking up and it was really significant for me about three years ago with COVID. Uh, that was really what woke me up and said, sure, your life is not that great, actually. Um, your children are in institutions that don't believe they these children belong to you. And they think that they can make medical decisions for your children. And they think that they can indoctrinate them and change their worldview uh, unbeknownst to you every single day that they're there. And they're set to be there 16,000 hours between the, the age of, of 6 to 18. And that really changed my life. Sadly, uh, I'm not as happy as I used to be because once you see some of these things, you just cannot unsee them. Uh, and this is the path well, I'm on right now. And then you decided to do what Americans do when they have problems. You decided to go ahead and work on solving them, right? Right. I mean, you can complain all day long and be a keyboard warrior, but what good does that do? So, uh, running right, for so office. You decided to get involved in the education department uh, for the state of Arizona, right? Right, so I decided to run for office, of course, go big or go home, right? I, I decided to be to run for the state superintendent, which is essentially the secretary of education in the state. Uh, having never been an educator, uh, I never thought that you need to be an educator to run that office because it is an executive position. You need to run a lot of people and a lot of money. And the person at the time uh, was a Democrat, Kathy Hoffman. Uh, she rolled out the mask mandates and she was all for the shutdowns of the schools, which I fought against and ended up pulling my kids out and put them in a private school because I was not going to have them uh, in remote learning for months on end. And I was not going to have them wear a mask because that was what I thought was good for my family. And I should be able to make these kind of choices and decisions for my family, I thought. So uh, so it became personal with her. I, I hated everything she stood for. I thought she was uh, a horrible human being. I thought she was not really doing anything to uh, promote the academic level and learning uh, of, this, of, of the children in the state. And the, and the numbers show that we're a failure uh, on, on every level. So I decided to run against her. And even though it's not what you usually do because you need to go to run for city council and school board and you know pay your dues, uh, I felt there was a sense of urgency. We don't have that kind of time. Our kids don't have time for me to run around for different uh, political offices and get there. We need to fix it. We need to fix it now. And that's why I ran. So as you began to run, <laughs> strangely enough, you had your phone cloned and you had all kinds of attacks personally, right? Yes. Uh, I didn't know about that. Actually, after the fact, after my campaign was over, um, that there was... Uh, an attempt to put a, uh, some sort of tracking device on my car. And this was all coming from, from, from uh, ex-seal actually that was uh, employed with that job and, and he came forth and told us. But uh, I guess it's expected, you know, Republicans need to understand, conservatives need to understand that we don't play the game nearly uh, the same as they do. Uh, they play really dirty. Uh, I, I, I would have never even thought to do anything of, of the like to my opponents, right? It's not even a thought. So to them, they'll do whatever it takes to derail you and, and destroy you as early on as they can. And they did not want me in that position because they knew what I was going to do. And that was to 
transform and reform the failing education apparatus in this state. It's hard to know how to handle this. So how did you discover your phone uh, being, uh, I don't know what you want to say, cloned, controlled? How did you find out about this? Actually, um, somebody who is uh, in, in security that actually ended up wi winning an, an election here for, for a seat, I'm not going to specify, um, he had, because he's in the intelligence community, he had somebody who was tasked with that job uh, come forth and say, uh, I, I, I came to one of the meetings to, uh, to see her to do that, to put the device on her, her car. and. I really liked so much what she said. It was so difficult for me. I decided not to do it. And he came and told us now whether or not they put it, somebody else ended up putting it. I don't know. These things kind of go on and they live for as long as the battery lives and, you know, a, a month or two and it's, it's gone. So, but the fact that this was even something that they assigned anybody to do was, you know, I, I'm just a mom. I'm just a regular person. You know, we, we don't expect to be having our rights violated and our privacy violated. And you know that you will to some extent when you're running for office, you're no longer just a private citizen, but uh, it, yeah, it shakes but there's you. there's lines that we don't accept crossing in America, right? You would think, but I'm telling you so right now, what, the other side is, is not thinking that way. Amen to that. So what do the cloning your phone do then? Does it allow them to pretend they were you? Did it allow them to monitor your communications? What, what do you think the uh, intent is? Yes, they monitor your communications. They can download uh, data and, and then pictures and documents and uh, to some extent even call logs and, and text messages depending on um, how they did that. So yeah, they can, your information then is theirs and they can save it um, and use it against you when the time comes. All right, what does the landscape look like now? You ran on, uh, in my opinion, some incredible principles. You ran uh, on uh, what your website contains now, which is a transparency portal. You ran on exposing indoctrination. You ran on a parent's bill of rights and more. I think what you ran for is what matters most. Exactly, that's why they didn't want me in that office. Uh, and it's what everybody know, wants if they just know what how bad things are. You know, the problem is that a lot of people don't understand how bad things are. They, they, there was a, lot, a bit of uproar in this country during the COVID times with the shutdowns and some more of us showing up. Um, hey, can you go ahead and break? the break for me? Go ahead, Shree. Thank you. But the, the problem was that a lot of these people kind of settled back into their comfortable life and they continue to send these children to what I called indoctrination camps. And that's exactly what, what they are. This is not anymore about the mask or the, or the shutdowns. This is about a coordinated effort and success, by the way, to change the hearts and minds, the set of values, the moral compass, the, the worldview of our children to hate this country, to hate their parents, to hate themselves. And they're doing it so well right now that anybody who's keeping their child in a public school just need to understand that they're sending their child into a building that is on fire. And I, I recommend against it. Now I know in a lot of other states, uh, people don't have choices. We in Arizona do have school choice that's universal that we passed last year. And of course the new governor uh, who is a Democrat is going to do everything she can to take it away from us. And she might succeed eventually if we lose the House and the Senate in a couple, year, couple of years. 
but for now we have it. And I know other states don't have that luxury, but if you do have the opportunity to spend the money somewhere else, if you can pull your kids out of the, the public schools, you're gonna do yourself a big favor because I traveled all over the state of Arizona for 18 months and I can tell you meeting with thousands of people, people tell me, we send our kids to high school and especially when we send them to college and university, they go liberal and they don't want to speak with us anymore. And I heard it so many times and I encourage every one of the listeners to think today of anybody they know, maybe it happened to them and uh, see just how prevalent that problem, that phenomenon is around this country where your kids are going to high education and you're losing them. You wanna learn more about what Shapiri, uh, or Shiree Sapper is doing, ladies and gentlemen, you can learn more about her problem solving opportunities her website is very informative sapir az.com that's s-a-p-i-r-a-z.com and i really think that portal is critical it's a transparency portal ladies and gentlemen to help you uh, understand the indoctrinations that's happening uh and really a parent's bill of rights was kind of what you were going to advocate for uh, and to some degree what we need but you know people don't understand if you don't put your kids in the government school, you don't need a Bill of Rights, right? So I appreciate right. the Bill of Rights, and I appreciate the response. How well did that trend? Because, uh, you know, everybody lost the elections. Carrie believes it was fraud. I think she's right about that reality check. Uh, where do you stand on that, and, and what do you think here? Yes, our elections are far from perfect. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me if I'm going to run again, and I say absolutely not. Uh, I still, everywhere I go, people tell me we don't think you lost. So whether it's true or not is irrelevant. The problem is that the sentiment among the people of this country and this state is that there is election issues. And for those who are in power, if there's really no problem, do everything you can to be transparent and help us change that sentiment. At the very least, that's what you should do, right? But they're not trying to do that. They're not coming forward. They're not trying to, to clear the, 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 the laws or make sure they enforce the laws that are, that are on the books and make sure that everything is transparent and clear. They're not doing that. So we don't feel comfortable uh, with what happened. We don't think this, I, don't, I definitely don't think Arizona is blue. Uh, it's shocking to me that we lost all state, uh, most of the state uh, positions. Uh, this last election is just uh, the attorney general, the secretary of state, the governor. I mean, it, it's, 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 I've been around this state. This state is not blue, I can tell you. So it, it's very heartbreaking to see because the, the policies that are rolling out are unbelievably damaging for the state and for its people. And uh, when it comes to our rights, they, they really don't, really don't care. They really just care about the power and to continue to implement their uh, agenda. And I can tell you they've targeted the kids for 60 years now in this country, but they targeted the kids because every child today that is being indoctrinated in the public school is going to become a voter. Not this year, not next year, in five years, in six years. They're in the long game plan, right? It's not just about winning tomorrow. Not like us, the Republicans, who want to win now and change now and we feel so passionate. They're sitting there, they have their strategy, and they knew that through the children, you know, like Hitler said, uh, the one who, who owns the, the youth owns the future. They know that if they get the children, they got everything. And I can tell you, we, in, in school board meetings, in, in other places, you can see these kids step up and talk, and I cringe because they they just such group thinkers, and they are so... Uh, 
trained to say the same talking points, like almost like on the media, right? When you have those different, <laughs> different um, news channels saying exactly the same thing at exactly the same time because they all got the same script. That's how it is. And it's just, it's just, it's disturbing. And if we're losing this youth, this generation, uh, and I'm talking in the next five years, it's not long. Uh, they're not going to need to, uh, to mess with our elections. They're not going to need the border open. They are training our Democrat voters in our schools on our dimes every single day. We're set to lose this battle. Cherise appear with me, ladies and gentlemen. SapirAZ.com, the website. What do you think the American people should do now? I know you lost the election. I know Carrie's fighting to try to get transparency and accountability there. We commend Carrie for her work, commend you for your efforts. But what do you think the American people ought to be doing now? What can we do to counteract this, right? So we need to understand how did we get here, right? The way we got here is through, uh, again, coordinated effort of a lot of their nonprofit organizations going into our communities especially minority communities, and gaining their trust. They're sitting there for a year or two or three. They're in every YMCA. They're in every other um, you know, community organization. And they help them. They help them with a path to citizenship. They help them with food stamps, with Section 8, with a divorce lawyer. Whatever you need, they have. Now, these nonprofit organizations, and a lot of them get a lot of our taxpayer money, they're sitting there in these communities, they gain their trust, they recruit people from within the community to spread the word, to knock on doors, to make the phone calls, to gain the other community members' trust, and they get them to vote. The Republican Party, tell me about something that's similar that we do, that's remotely similar to that. Nothing. We do rallies, everybody's coming with their cowboy hats and their flag shirts, and they're singing along, and then we go home. It's, it's not the same. There's no way we're going to win this way. There's no way we're going to win this way. Then they took every association over from the firefighters association to a lot of the police associations, definitely the, the teachers unions, the real estate uh, associations, the, every association there is in this country, they've taken over. Do we have any counterpart to that? Do we have any, anything that's similar to that that's working? No. So they're forcing us to give our dues to them, even though this is a right to work state, a lot of people do for different associations because you want to belong, because you need some of the information. Um, and, and they're using our money against us in elections, they're using that money like with the school board candidates, right? The school board associations, the national, the one that called us domestic terrorists, we're paying into that and then they're using it against us. So their model is so vast and so comprehensive and so just fantastic, really. It's brilliant. And then you're looking at the Republican one, and it's nothing. It's some rallies. It's some people pissed off, sometimes showing up to a city council or a school board meeting, thinking that they vote the same day when the machines are tempered with is the, the most genius idea there is. Well, that's not obviously not working out, uh, working out for us. So what are we doing? We're not winning. We're never going to win this way. We have to create the exact same system to have uh, an identical system to the one that they have and unleash it. And to me, the answer to that is the churches. Those same churches that have these huge mega buildings that can have 
hundreds of children in school there instead of having that church empty the entire week and just being used on Sunday for a couple of hours because these children are with the indoctrination camps in the indoctrination camps for 16,000 hours from kindergarten through 12th grade. How much do you have them in the church? Two hours, 52 weeks a year times 12, do the math. Less than a thousand hours, less than 1,200 hours. Are you gonna win that war, that cultural war? You stand no chance, Mr. Priest. So they need to start organizing and they need to start pushing back against the separation of state and church. It's ne it was never in the constitution. We all know it. They use it all the time as a talking point. We need to be able to have all the churches come together and say, sue us. Come and sue us. Like, like the Transformers, right? The one trans Transformer is, is weak, maybe, but when they're all joining together to become that big Transformer, nobody could beat them. That's what the churches need to do because they're the only org already organized. Uh, yeah, it, it's like my buddy and co-host, Kurt Crosby, says, you know, they say you can't have Bibles in schools, but what if everybody brought their Bible? Right. Are you going to do arrest everybody? Right. Your point's well taken, and that is the solution churches yes. we used to have the uh, black robed regiment which had nothing to do with black or white people had to do with the clothes uh, that they wore the black robed regiment was religious people back in the day of the founding fathers we need that back again Cherie. absolutely listen i'm i'm jewish right but i see this country as a christian country this is what the founding fathers wanted this is what they set out this country to be and for us to allow to the secular atheist postmodern humanist movement to take over every aspect of our life, taking away the Ten Commandments from the public square. What is wrong with telling people not to steal and not to cheat and not to lie and not to kill? Why is it so offensive? This is, this is why we're 60 years too late. I can tell you right now, we're 60 years too late to this, but we have a slight change if we completely have a revive and revolution within the churches and saying, you know what, we, we were really trying to play, play the game, but you don't co continue to bow down just to keep your tax exemption uh, status. What good is your tax exemption status in these big buildings and these beautiful artifacts and this beautiful band and music and lights and all of these things when these kids are then going to college and you'll never see them again? And they marry a secular uh, atheist. What good is that? And the statistics show that that's what you're set out to have happen to you if you keep your kids in these institutions. So the churches need to wake up. That's all I can tell you. If, 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 you, if, if they come together and they fight it like a lot of churches did in California against the tyranny and the mandates, they, they, they made some waves. They, they were successful. And I think it's time that we do it all over this country. Cherie Sapir, thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to learn more, She's talking about solutions in education. She's a problem solver. Uh, she's come to America and thinks it's the greatest place on earth. I, can, I agree with her. She's been defrauded out of her election. That's my opinion to which I'm entitled. Carrie Lake carrying that ball. We back her 100% in that. Uh, Sapir, that's S-A-P-I-R-A-Z, because she's from Arizona. SapirAZ.com is where you can learn more about her incredible work and efforts. If you had a final parting shot to tell the world, what would you say, Sheree? Uh, I would say save your kids. We're on a children rescue mission. Save them, love them, hug them, and keep them away from indoctrination. God bless you and your work, ma'am. We'll talk soon. Thank you. There she goes, doing a phenomenal job, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Coming up next, Pete Sepp. 
National Taxpayers Union on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Lance Pry. The House Judiciary Committee will hold a hearing today called the Biden Border Crisis Part 2. As Democrats blame scheduling conflicts for not being able to attend today, both sides of the aisle agree to disagree on a solution. NBC correspondent Ali Vitali in Yuma, Arizona. Even as this issue is so persistent and so agreed upon by both sides that there is a crisis here and something needs to be done, there is little to no agreement on what that something is. As ice storms and blizzard conditions continue to hinder the Midwest today, along the West Coast, snow could reach the shoreline. National Weather Service meteorologist Frank Pereira. And that's going to bring snow into areas, parts of the country that don't typically see snow, uh, with the snow levels uh, dropping all the way to the coast across portions of uh, southern Oregon and northwestern California. Former President Trump criticized the federal response to the toxic train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, as a betrayal during a visit to the village where residents and local leaders are increasingly frustrated with the minimal federal response. Unfortunately, as you know, in too many cases, your goodness and perseverance were met with indifference and betrayal in some cases. After three weeks since the devastation, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has arrived at the site of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, this morning. Fans have been talking about a collaboration for a bazillion years, and now it's happening. It's a collaboration that's been in the making a long, long while. The Rolling Stones are said to be planning and recording with the two surviving Beatles for a new Stones album. Paul McCartney has reportedly already recorded some bass parts, and Ringo Starr is set to play on the album as well. Mick Jagger said last year that a lot of tracks for the Stones' first album of original material in years are already done. I'm Julio Flores. We are USA News. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firms online at CordellCordell.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Online at CordellCordell.com. CordellCordell.com. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-485-8801. 800-485-8801. That's 800-485-8801. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back with you live, Mr. Pete Sapp, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. Welcome back, my friend. Always great to be here. Man, we have so much to cover, sir. There's some incredible articles at NTU.org. I'm going to start with a couple of headlines to really drill home the point. Pete can rock and roll with each headline. CBO, that's the Congressional Budget Office. CBO, new budget baseline, 
should raise red flags for lawmakers. Article written by Demian Brady. Uh, incredible pros here highlighting the concern that they're not even close to balancing the budget, and they're not even really talking about it, Pete. Yeah, that's the real problem, Sam. The Congressional Budget Office, of course, is the official scorekeeping arm of the U.S. Congress. They're not some partisan outfit. They're intended, essentially, to provide just data to members of Congress, Republicans and Democrats, to determine where the nation is fiscally, revenues and expenditures and whatnot. Well, okay, so the latest baseline, in other words, the annualized projections for revenues and expenditures just came out about a week or so ago. And now, even though the pandemic is largely past us, the emergency spending associated with the pandemic is supposed to be past us. Um, the good news is the deficit fell from about $3 trillion in 2020 to $1.4 trillion. Unfortunately, next year, it's going to start rising again. Even without more spending on the pandemic, there are other federal spending programs that just keep outstripping federal revenues. It is just a constant battle to keep spending down. That's the real problem here, Sam. Federal revenues are actually growing as a percent of our economy in dollar amount terms. Even when you take a look at inflation, a lot of federal revenues are keeping up with or ahead of inflation. But the federal spending just keeps traveling upward faster than all of that revenue. And the reason that happens, Pete, I'm going to be clear uh, and explain it uh, on the kitchen table as simply as I can. If I misstep, uh, say, say so. Uh, I want to get this right, but I want to be clear also. The reason that is, ladies and gentlemen, is you and I, when we look at our budgets, if I'm going to spend $100 and I say I'm, going to, I'm not going to spend any more this year than 100 bucks, that's my budget, then I don't spend any more than $100. If I want to spend less, then I spend $99. If I, if I spend 101 that's more, Okay. But that's not the way that the government budgets. What they budget is, hey, over the next 10 years, we're going to spend $100 today. Next year, $110. Next year, $120. Year after that, $130, $140, $150. And they're saying they're not really even increasing spending because all they're doing is carrying out projections. So in their minds, in their world, in their circles of deception, there's really no increase. You and I would say that's, that's right. psychotically absurd. But they would say no. We were going to spend $200. Huh, man, the last five years, all we've done is, well, we've kept with what was projected. We haven't increased any spending at all. Now, it's a flat-out lie in our world, but isn't that how it works, Pete? Yeah, that's exactly how it works, Sam. And even worse, it also works in the opposite direction. If you want to say, hey, you know, instead of spending $105 next year, like the projections say, how about we do 104? Well, okay, uh, most people in the real world would say, well, if you spent $100 a year before, you're getting a 4% increase in spending. Not in Washington. They'd say, well, wait, we were going to spend 105, so you're actually cutting spending by 20%. That and we could have spent 106. Math. We could have spent 106. Uh, the reality is life justifies 106, but, man, we're trimming down big time, Pete. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. 
That's exactly right. And, and that's why we're in this problem. And that's why we need to look at the CBO's budget baseline. The CBO doesn't play those games. The CBO gives it to you straight. It's a data organization, and they're telling you by the baseline budgetary reality, it should be raising red flags for not only lawmakers, uh, as Damian Brady wisely says, but for we the people to push back and say, you know what, this cannot continue. But now we've got another concern on our mind. Uh, Nicholas Johns at NTU.org brings it up, says, hey, SCOTUS, don't break the Internet. I mean, this is, on one hand, laughable. On the other hand, when you understand that it's real, Pete. Yeah, this is a problem because, once again, when politicians don't understand the thing that they want to tax or regulate or subsidize, taxpayers get into trouble really quickly. And boy, that starts with the Internet. When you think back to the mid-1990s, when the Internet was becoming something that most households were attracted to and wanted to use, one of the first things that politicians wanted to do was tax it. Figure out how to put a special tax on Internet services above and beyond the taxes you used to pay on your phone line, for example, to have a slow Internet service brought into your home. Same thing when it got faster and you got it through cable television or even through satellite. Those services were already taxed. Politicians wanted to slap a tax on top of it. We were able to fight back on that. The Internet Tax Freedom Act was passed and kept getting renewed. It was finally made permanent, and it said to elected officials, you're getting enough taxes already from taxing the existing service. Don't say that just because you're getting the Internet over a phone line or satellite or cable, you get a special tax. No. Well, this is what's happening with something called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. What it basically does is provide immunity to online platforms for content that gets posted by third parties. In other words, if... um, Something violent uh, ends up on an Internet platform. Uh, Well, the platform may decide, hey, uh, this is a problem. We don't like this kind of rhetoric. If they're breaking the law and actually encouraging people to break the law, certainly um, they have a duty to take that content down. But if it's just controversial, how is the platform itself supposed to police that? Section 230 says The platform can't get sued for that kind of content. Well, people are suing now, and the case is going all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court to decide, well, can these platforms that provide just the forum for certain content be held financially liable if somebody uses that content for a bad thing? And uh, the Supreme Court, if uh, the oral arguments in this case were heard very recently, and many of the justices actually expressed some humility, something you very rarely see in Washington, D.C., and they were saying, look, uh, we don't think that as a court we should be experts on technology or Section 230 or how regulations should go. Why doesn't Congress get some expert opinions, and figure out whether there needs to be legislation here or not. And uh, that's a sign that the Supreme Court may say, for once, again, in Washington, D.C., maybe we won't mess with 
the Internet. Maybe we won't mess with something we don't understand. And boy, well, and that's the problem. That... You got the top attorneys in the land that are supposed to know everything. Now they're telling you that it's beyond their lack of understanding and knowledge. And that's kind of why I think that the government should not have meddled with the Internet in the first place. All the regulations. Now what we're debating is, well, was that regulation good or bad? Let's tweak the regulation or let's get rid of the regulation altogether. And what they do is they create this crisis uh, based on government creation, created crises in the first place. Uh, Pete? Yes. Yes, exactly. And it even goes into the spending area. A lot of local governments, for example, taxed their citizens to create government-provided Internet services. And, you know, that's an awfully expensive proposition, and you see it all over the country in places like Tennessee and Montana, uh, Iowa, where governments decided to provide Internet service uh, courtesy of taxpayers, and they could never break even on the service. They always needed more money. And um, that, too, is a lesson that governments don't necessarily know what they're doing in areas like these. Uh, we pray they won't break the Internet. What do you think is going to happen? After hearing these oral arguments, I get the feeling that the Supreme Court may back off. The decision may be very narrow, but they might very well say, hey, if you're going to do anything in this area, it's going to be up to Congress and not a court. Um, I don't necessarily know if Congress should be meddling, but I sure know that courts shouldn't be meddling. Well, and that's the point, ladies and gentlemen. Think about the checks and balances that this great country is known for. If we're going to change legislation, it needs to be a congressional change. Now, you and I can push for Congress to do something or not do something. That's what we should do. But certainly the courts don't make law. They interpret law. And the most they can say now is, we think this law is bogus. Congress, go back to the drawing board. You're leaving everybody confused here. And it's up to you to straighten it out. That's our prayer. All right, quick pause. When we come back, remote work is here to stay. We'll talk about it in seconds with Pete Sepp, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9:6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. How many times do I have to tell you? I swear, it just goes in one ear and out the other. Don't you understand English? Your children are probably too polite to tell you. Hello, those things on the side of your head aren't turnips. But they get just as frustrated when you won't listen to them as you do when they won't listen to you. Do I need to speak slower? In fact, few things show children how much they're valued and respected more than a parent's willingness to listen. Tell me what she did at work today. Studies show when parents listen, children develop better listening skills themselves. 
They also tend to have more self-confidence and are more likely to avoid alcohol and drugs. Now sit down here and tell me all about it. When you really listen, love is what they'll hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org, with support on the most local of levels all the way up to the general level of our government, providing think tank solutions and ideas to lower your taxes and pay for the proper limited role of constitutional government. Boy, howdy, do they have their work cut out for them. They need your support and your help in every way possible, but they're also here to partner with you and your organization, ntu.org, ladies and gentlemen. Where does your state rank is the question. The 2023 Rome Index, how state income tax codes affect remote work and mobile workers, an incredible article by Andrew Wilford. Remote work is here to stay, folks. I'm telling you right now. The Census Bureau estimates that, you know what? The number of Americans working remotely since 2019 has tripled to like 27 plus million people, right? Some Americans yeah. have returned to in-person work, but you know what? Most folks have a hybrid arrangement where they work from home. How is this panning out from a tax point of view and from a day-to-day -day life point of view, Pete? Well, unfortunately, tax and regulatory policies have not kept up with remote work trends. Uh, we fail to see uh, the proper actions being taken on things like filing thresholds. In other words, if you work a certain number of hours from home every week, you're in a different state, you spend maybe one day a week working uh, from your home and four days a week commuting. Um, unfortunately, in many cases, there are a lot of states and even localities that say, you even spend two hours a week working outside a jurisdiction. We still believe that we should be able to reach into your home and tax you, even though you're not actually commuting into our state or our city. They still want the money. Um, there are also reciprocity agreements. Uh, some states um, decide, well, okay, uh, we're going to split the tax revenues here depending on how long a person actually commutes to a state versus how long they actually work at home. But a lot of states don't do that. Again, they say, we don't care. We want all the money, and we don't care if we're taxing you twice for the same work. Your state that you live in and our state that you commute to, we want the same amount of money regardless of what you do. That's also wrong. Um, you also have what are called convenience of employer rules. You know, these are requirements that if a taxpayer switches from commuting into a state to working remotely in another state, they still have to keep paying income taxes to the state they used to commute into. Also terribly unfair. And so what we did was create this index, Remote Obligations and Mobility, or Rome that rank states on the burdens that they put on remote and mobile workers and their employers. There are a few surprises here, 
and a few unfortunate not surprises. And uh, we can certainly get into that. And the problem, Pete, is the average American, you know what, they can't know or keep up or be responsible or even deal with this in any way. Can they really? Not really, because in some cases, it may even be your locality. Uh, Look to places like Ohio and Michigan, for example, that have uh, pretty steep local taxes, and you might be violating a law, then you don't even know it. And... uh, that can be a real problem for workers. It can be a problem for employers, too. What do you think is going to happen here? Because you know what? Congress needs to get up to speed. If they're going to be the taxing entities and or state legislative bodies, they have got to keep up on this in a meaningful way, though, to have everybody turn out to be a criminal or everybody not be uh, compliant or whatever you want to talk about. You know, most people are just like, look, I don't, I don't mind paying my fair share of, of the proper role of government. I'm okay with all that. What I'm not okay with is always being the enemy, always being the bad guy that can never comply, never keep up, never know if I'm even safe from being uh, maybe a perjur- perjuring myself or a felon on what I claim and don't claim. And I'm not trying to um, get out of anything. I'm not trying to be the enemy of the government, but they're almost forcing me to be in that status and always in fear, always in, man, I don't even know if I can write under the penalty of perjury that I've done it right because I don't really factually even know. And as an American, I don't really even have the ability to even figure that out. And you say, well, get a tax consultant, get a tax accountant. They're not liable at the end of the day. I am. I'm the one that signs under the penalty of perjury. I would never try to commit perjury, but I may find myself in that position if I'm not very careful if this uh, differential keeps up, Pete. Yeah, that's a very important point, Sam. You can get a tax advisor, and if they uh, do something really dumb with your tax return, they may have penalties on them for it. But ultimately, you, the taxpayer, are responsible for every item on that tax return. Or if it's payroll taxes, uh, the employer can be. But you also can have a fiduciary responsibility. And you're absolutely right. When these laws are so confusing and you don't really know how to comply with it, it's inevitable that government agencies are going to make mistakes when leveling an accusatory finger at you. And then you end up having to spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars just trying to get justice when you did nothing wrong. Well, or and oftentimes when you did something uh, you thought was right, but turned out to be wrong. And I'm going to give you a 30 second story to make the point. Back in the day, I owned some land and I eventually traded my land for some stock. And I was told that it was like kind enough not to cause a tax problem. Well, it turns out the accountant was wrong. And the government said you lost money on your stocks, but you made money on your land transition to stocks. Therefore, you had a gain and a loss. And I said, no problem. I'll take the gain. I'll take the loss. We're good. They said, no, Sam, you got to take the gain right now, but you can't take the loss all in the same year as the gain. You have to take the loss over several years. So you owe us money. And I said, well, that's great. I don't care if I owe you money or not. I don't have the money because I never got any. They said, we don't care. You owe anyways. Oh, I said, well, I'm not even debating if I owe. I'm not here to debate and argue the law with you. I'm just here to tell you, you can't make me pay money that I don't have. So anyway, long story short, I had to uh, eventually pay monthly. I paid monthly for several years. I eventually hired the right people to help me file for an abatement. And at the end of the day, I won. But my whole point is that's an example where that 
discongruent in the laws, caught me in a bind, claiming that I owe money that I never had, I never got, and I didn't have to pay. You could say I owe it all day, but if I don't have it, I can't give it to you. I'm not even debating the law. I'm just so uh, this takes a real unique navigation to, to muddle through. I would yes. submit they're all culpable, though, but I was the only one that had to pay. In the end of the day, I won. So it's good news, but it was a very difficult scenario, and I kind of felt like a criminal. I just felt like, what the heck? I I followed advice from the best advisor I had. It was wrong. Fine, I'll own that. But now you're making me pay something that I don't have, so now I'm struggling in my family budget to pay for it. Eventually, I got them to write me checks, and I got my money back. But it was a hassle. It was unnecessary. I never tried to do anything wrong, but I was caught in this melee relating to exactly what we're talking about right now. Different scenario, but same principle that you're caught in the middle with no solution. Pete? Yes, exactly. And how much time and money and productivity did you spend having to rectify that situation? In the end, that kind of expense is just sunk. There is no uh, way you can recover those costs. And that is also something we need to count as a drain on the economy, your situation multiplied maybe a million, five million times over every year, that's billions of dollars in lost productivity and lost money that could be spent doing other things in our economy that could help us take care of our families, help invent that new widget that other people can benefit from, help employ others. That needs to be counted as a cost, too. And let's make it very clear. It cost me several thousand dollars and hundreds of hours to resolve, plus a lot of fear and aggravation. I was thinking that I might go to jail or lose my house or because I didn't know how I was going to pay for this this sum, and I didn't know how I was going to work. I never intended to cheat the government. I never intended to not comply. I never intended to not pay. None of that was on my agenda whatsoever, but they kind of made an enemy out of it. I hate those people now. And, and, and I hate them not even so much that I hate paying my proper fair share. What I hate is that even when I do my very best, I'm in some kind of a snare as if I'm the bad guy. I'd love nothing more than just to take care of it and be done and move on with my life. And that's what I think most of us want to do. Thus, the debt ceiling comes to mind. The debate rages. What do you think is going to happen? Are they just going to cave and raise it again? Well, we hope that there will be at least some discussion, Sam, around figuring out why Congress keeps going down this hole. You know, it's one thing to talk about the full faith and credit of the U.S. government and the credit rating being downgraded if we don't fulfill the debt ceiling increase. But we also have to realize our credit rating is going downhill if we don't stop getting into this situation of borrowing so much. We're proposing that Congress hold a week of debate, a whole week, called National Debt Awareness Week, where they take the 10 best proposals from Republicans for reducing the national debt, the 10 best proposals from Democrats, and they actually hold votes on those before they hold a vote on increasing the debt ceiling. Let's Amen have a to that. little it's bit a brilliant of accountability. Plan. It's a brilliant plan, yeah. but here's my plan. Hopefully they'll entertain mine, but I know they won't. I think you just shut down the government entirely, and then you bring back by single-item bills anything that's constitutionally justified. The rest you don't touch. Well, certainly. I mean, when you look at Article One of the U.S. Constitution and the enumerated powers, 
I, I know that we actually studied this topic about 15 years ago and said, what if government was only funded within the enumerated powers of the U.S. Constitution? The budget would be about two-thirds less than it is right now. And I, I guarantee you that that number is probably even, even more now, given the fact of what we spent uh, on emergencies in the last three years. Yeah, but just shut it all down. And then we'll just simply bring back bill by bill by bill. Anything that's justifiably constitutional, uh, we'll bring it back one at a time. And if we act quickly, if we work hard, we can fund all the appropriate legitimate form and reality and uh, appropriateness of government. And the rest will just never come back. Well, and we could start a debate over legitimate functions of government in Congress right now. That's the important thing. Why wait until the week before the debt ceiling cannot be extended or we cannot use extraordinary measures? Why wait until the end of the calendar year? Do that exercise now. And that would be a demonstration to creditors and investors around the world that we're finally getting serious about long-term fiscal responsibility. Ladies and gentlemen, the NTU, National Taxpayers Union, is your partner to have those discussions, your partner to promote the proper role of limited government and properly fund it, but at the same time jettison wastes of money, uh, expenditures that are not constitutional or unacceptable. The way forward is to partner with the NTU. Pete Sepp, president, ntu.org. They've got solutions, and they want your involvement. Pete, thank you so much, sir. We'll talk soon. Always a pleasure. Take care. There he goes. Pete Sepp doing a phenomenal job. Always on your radio. He's been with us for more than 20 years, ladies and gentlemen. These people are for real. That's why I spend so much time with them, because we want solutions brought to the table. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, our nationally syndicated network. Donate liberally. Get involved today, would you please? We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.